Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Time now for a regional roundup where we put the spotlight on headlines from around our region. We've got Thailand to hold its uh, general election on May the 14th. Plus, uh, who's leading the polls to Malaysia's former Prime Minister Najib Razak calling out the irony in Dr. Mahathir Mohamad accusing current Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim of being a dictator. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about those headlines and more. Dr. Felix Tan, political observer, Nanyang Technological University is on the line. Dr. Felix, good afternoon. Hi, a very good afternoon to you, Elliot. So you call this Thailand's at the whole its general election May fourteenth. That's the date we've got. Uh, Parliament was uh, dissolved already, as expected. What is the importance of political stability after the election? I mean, you're talking about a country whose economy, business sector is worried about many of the negative impacts, especially from the internal conflicts that they've had. Mm-hmm. I think this entire general election is already expected. I think mean, there have been already a lot of plans leading up to this uh, dissolution of the parliament. So it's not quite a surprise, you know, with this announcement. Uh, but Thai politics have always seemed to be on somewhat of a roller coaster ride. Yeah. <laughs> but strangely enough, you know, it, it works. It works out well for Thai politics. And I think that's the uniqueness of Thai politics, to put it uh, nicely. I think essentially, as much as there will be political divisions, I think many of them, many of the groups within Thailand are very focused on the Thai economy as it would naturally bode very well for all parties involved to ensure that business is as normal uh, for Thailand and for the people. I mean, after all, it's their supporters that important. So, but I think what becomes more worrying when there's a huge sort of uncertainty leading to civil unrest such as that, you know, that we saw during the clash between the red sheds and the yellow sheds. And that's when the economy and the business sector will take a severe beating. But I think we should all still be cautious, you know, but let's not be overly reactive. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's always about a narrative that's being pointed out. One of it being the animosity or the old rivalry between the military royalist establishment as well as popular opposition parties. How do you see this playing out as far as campaigning is concerned? Mm-hmm. I, I think that the animosity between that military royalist factions and no, these uh, popular opposition parties, right, which are mostly secularist, uh, will always exist in Thai politics. But I think we also have to understand that you know the political parties are very, very diverse, and they do have certain affiliations or at least some very loose links, either with the military or you know with the, with some support for the royal, the monarchy itself. So mm. I think uh, this is actually very good representative of the essence of what democracy is all about. There will always be this sort of divide and, you know, this discourse. And I think uh, many of them are very much interest and issue-based. So I think we have to see how it moves, you know, uh, in terms of the, during the campaigning and what are some of the issues and some of the, the, the things that they're going to bring up during campaign. But I think, you know, there will always be some very vocal political parties, such as uh, the Move Forward Party, who has uh, backed calls for reform of the less majest law and I think there are those who have called for the powers of the country's monarchy to be curbed and also to rewrite the military-backed constitution so I think these are some of the issues that might come to the fore again. Mm. Just to throw some of the more uh, famous names out there, mm. Petong Tan Shinawat, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, 
It seems that she's quite a favourite right now. There is also the issue of Prayut Chanocha. You know, how can he win voters as well? Uh, where do you see this particular battle shaping up? All right. Okay, I think there is apparently when uh, what, what the pundits are placing on right now that Per Thai Party, you know, mm. now being led by uh, Petong Tan Shin or what, will have a landslide victory. But I think, you know, let's throw our horses in the meantime. <laughs> let's not jump to the conclusion just yet. But her biggest challenge actually uh, would be her inexperience. I think we've, uh, she would have to rely on various individuals within a party which might have their own personal take on how they want her to run Thai politics and okay. to make policy. So we have to understand that uh, in Thai politics it's rather uh, hierarchical and patriarchal to the extent. Mm. So I think, you know, in order for her to win big, I think uh, she might want to look at possible coalition partners, ah. uh, not just who are traditionally on the side of the per Thai party, but also I think uh, other candidates from, <laughs> for example, former Army Chief Prawit Wong Suwan, the candidate mm. of the ruling party Balang Pracharat, and I think also the other uh, party, which is uh, led by Anutin Chandiraku, leader of the Bumjai Thai Party. Mm. I think these are very, you know, uh, interesting parties that might help her in at least in, in this campaigning, in this election. Uh, yeah, and as a party, Chan Ocha, I think her, his shift towards the new party, yeah. uh, United Thai Nation, is a bold move. But I think it, we might see him losing a little bit more of that 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 that, that personality, that that little bit of a you know chance. Yeah, yeah. remind me never to <laughs> debate with you on uh, Thai names. I I am not worthy. Can can the situation time? Because we talked about this before, Thailand trying to. Mm not really get involved but help out with regard to the, the Myanmar conflict, right? Mm. Could this play a part? Uh, is there anything at stake here? No, highly unlikely. I mm. think uh, what we are seeing in Thai politics right now is a very purely domestic domestic kind of situation. Okay. I think regional politics will play very little okay. uh, when it comes to a general election as such. I think Prayut Chan or even Pei Tong Tan Shin uh, and all the others will actually very much focus on the people the economy and I think that's where the focus will be so I think you know despite that you know Thailand have this sort of informal meeting with uh, you know certain ASEAN states to resolve mm. the crisis in Myanmar yeah. I, I don't think that regional politics or Myanmar politics will actually have a, a great effect on it okay. uh, but I think if Per Thai were to win the election there might be a little bit of a consideration of how to deal with that particular situation yeah. right right alright then let's head over to Malaysia where former uh, Prime Minister Najib Razak there has called out the irony in Dr. Mahathir Mohamad accusing current Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim of being a dictator. I mean, this is, I want to say, interesting turn of events. Yeah, at the same time, you kind of feel there's a personal vendetta. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a very laughable and a very interesting uh, case study. But, you know, <laughs> given that you know, Najib had voiced out his concern, I think, but that does not really necessarily mean that he's on Anwar Ibrahim's side. So, mm. uh, he's, uh, Najib is just clearly pointing out the discrepancy that is that Mahathir is, you know. Uh, but I think, you know, if you look deeper into Malaysian politics, uh, this is really a fine example of a pot calling the kettle black. 
Yeah. Uh, and, on, uh, and also, a focus on Dr. Mahajan. Now, his ego far surpasses his age. And I <laughs> do believe that he's still more, he's still quite sore about the fact that he yeah. lost the election by yeah. a huge margin. But if you look back in history, Malaysian history, you know, Mahathir's response has always been, you know, against all these challenges. You know, in the 80s, it was Tunku, Razali, Hamza. Mm. And then in the 90s, it was Anwar Ibrahim. And then he took it out from, uh, you know, um, Abdullah Badawi when, you know, he retired, so to speak. And then when Najib took over, Abdullah Badawi, uh, Mahathir went after Najib. Yeah. And then he continued even, you know, quite recently with Muhyiddin Yassin. So <laughs> Mahathir is well known in the political circle for just being a vengeful individual mm. who will probably stop at nothing to cast out, you know, when others are doing things differently or from him at the very least. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> when Najib called him out and say that he's a, you know, that, that he called Anwar a dictator, I think it's, uh, that's why I say it's quite laughable that he's, yeah. Mahathir is doing that. But, you know, what is worrying is that Mahathir has branded himself a defender of Malay rights. Right. Uh, now, the worry is that if being a fascist or a Malay supremacist or an extremist, you know, uh, and it's been called a patriot or a liberal nationalist, I think I would fear the kind of Malaysia yeah. that it would turn out to be in time to come. Yeah. A couple of other layers there that's worth paying attention mm-hmm. to. Although, Dr. Felix, uh, from what I understand, Najib made this statement via his uh, Facebook account. Uh, who gave him the Wi-Fi password <laughs> in prison, man? <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing to go with that. I, I would suppose there will always be some leeway for certain yeah. convicts to have access to social media at some point in time. <laughs> so I, oh, I, I that could be a case. Yeah. Just a little bit of uh, extra juiciness to add to a Malaysia story, <laughs> as always. Uh, speaking of Malaysia, our president, mm. Halima Yaakob, is there. She's there for a three-day mm. visit. And she's called for both Singapore and Malaysia to help the region remain united and credible. Um, we're neighbours, of course. So, you know, there's sentiment towards each other, uh, Singapore and Malaysia, that is. But uh, what can be done in, in this area? How do you see this going? I, I think this visit, this three-day visit over there from President Halima Yaakob to, to, to Malaysia, I think is a really very uh, symbolic now that, you know, with this new new coalition administration mm. of Anwar Ibrahim, I think there is now more certainty and more somewhat of a stability in Malaysian politics. So because of of the scenario that we are in, I do believe that there is a, it's a good time for President Halima to visit Malaysia and, and she has started. So that's one probable reason for that. And secondly, I think it's also the start of the Ramadan season, I mean, oh, yes. uh, you know, period. So I think it would be good to do so before the fasting month starts. You will want to, you know, uh, have, do as much as you can <laughs> with your neighbour before that. Yeah. I think uh, that would be good. But I think nonetheless, the yeah. relationship between Singapore and Malaysia is always inextricably linked. And yeah. this state visit will help to strengthen, send the message that Singapore will still do its part, will do what it can as a neighbour, mm-hmm. as a friend, mm-hmm. uh, to assist Malaysia as and when it needs and I think uh, I mean while we might not explicitly say that we want the same in return but I think Malaysia you know, would, would understand the situation and yeah. they will you know as good neighbours will help one another out yeah. Yeah. no man is an island as they say yeah uh, very timely <laughs> Dr. Felix Nan political observer Nanyang Technological University I do appreciate time Dr. Felix you take and have a great Wednesday evening ahead alright thank you to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.